If you hate cutscenes, this fourth game will grind your Metal Gears. <laughs> that uh, seagull pun was by Brilliant. Thank you, Brilliant. And welcome, welcome, faithful listener, to Podtoid number 70. Joining me tonight are Aaron Lindy. Uh, hi. I can't, I can't take myself seriously when we start every show that way. I'm just, just letting you know. Well, nobody <laughs> else can, so you're in good company. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's good. So I'm on, yeah, good. We're on the same page, yeah. <laughs> Jim Starling? <laughs> Hello? That's it. Sorry? What? What? I said hello. Huh? Oh, uh, oh okay. you cut out, so it sounded like, ah, and then that's oh. it, and an hour later. Oh, I see. Then I've made an ass of myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit out the pauses so it sounds like you're just being weird rather than cutting out. Okay. It's uh, over, can't we? Stop sending me Raptor invites. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't I even do work for this goddamn site anymore. I still, I, I don't even know what the hell is Raptor. Someone explain to me what the hell is that. Is it like one of those, so, just like the the social networking sites, except for for like professional it's people, like LinkedIn or something? Oh, is no, it? No, yeah. no. I think it's just for, it's like a social thing for gamers. Only it's spelled like fucking Soldier Boy created it. <laughs> we have a social thing for gamers, and it's called Destructoid. I. Oh ho! If you want to, oh ho ho yeah. ho! Ooh snap! Burn. If you want to talk to people, then make I, a blog. I hate these uh, social networking things. They're a waste of time. In no, fact, I do too. They, I they are a microcosm. If that's the right word, I forgot. I'll Google it later. They are a microcosm for life itself and the frailty of your own mortality, because you start off with Zanga. And everyone says you must get a Zanka a journal. It's the best thing in the world. And everybody joins up and everybody has fun. And then suddenly everyone says, Zanka shit. It's fucking shit. It's all about live journal now. So everybody moves to live journal and looks down on Zanga. Then it's MySpace, and then suddenly live journal is shite. I don't I don't know. Hold on, wait, no, no, no. I have to I have to interrupt you. I, I can't imagine anybody who ever at any point thought MySpace was a good idea. Like it's, Play, it's it's Satan's there. wrath on the fucking eyes. Like I, I don't think you were, you were you weren't in high school from two thousand two to two thousand six. That was it apparently was not. Was, was MySpace yeah. shit hot back then? Because yeah, I that's, missed that's that. all there was. Well, that's what they all they thought there was at the time. And see, I like I graduated, <laughs> I graduated at a um in two thousand two, and it's like apparently I was fucking Stone Age because we actually had a mailing list like uh, like <laughs> this group of like thirty people like me and like like 29 of my classmates we were all on a fucking mailing list and that's how we bullshit like <laughs> what the fuck it is, well there almost like, wasn't even like internet a- when i graduated high school so yeah screw ah. you <laughs> um okay so games of the week uh has anybody been playing anything interesting so far i've been playing my ichigo show that's always interesting uh, did you get any more into Mega Man? Oh, no, wait. No, it's not out yet. Duh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it is. It is, is it? on PSN. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know you had a PSN. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, you'll be saving that for the, the Retro First Go I've said anyway. I don't even know why I brought that up. Uh, anything else, or is that it? Uh, that's been about it. I've been playing... Actually, um, Gravity's Plaything uh, heard that I was looking for a copy of Twinkle Star Sprites and sent me one. <laughs> After last week's show. Oh, that's so cool. Been, been, yeah, it's really, really awesome. 
So you know what? I've been looking for a like copy of Suicode Two. I've really, really, really been looking for a copy of that. You asshole! Someone sent me a copy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. <laughs> yeah, I've been you know, that's how you that's how you appeal I've... to the goodness in our community. Just motherfucker, please, someone. <laughs> I've really been trying to find Veronica Zemanova's cunt. If anybody can help me out with that, I appreciate it greatly. <laughs> Jim, have you been playing anything cool? Um, yeah, probably. I played Duke Nukem 3D, but that's probably a bad example. I was going to review it, but then halfway through I was playing it, I was thinking, why do I want to review this? Nobody wants to read it, so I stopped. So, I haven't played that anymore. And I played Sonic Chronicles, um, which I reviewed today, and it's okay, but it's not that good. Um, and I'm not surprised because Bioware made it, um, and Bioware makes a good game every ten years, and this wasn't it. Nor was Mass Effect. And... What else did I play? And Locke's Quest, which I was talking to Topher about before the show, and is really good, and you should get it. And I don't know why THQ hasn't really advertised it. I mean, the first I heard of it, um, someone in THQ emailed me a trailer and said, hey, do you want to post this? And I said, yeah, it looks interesting, I'll post it. And then I found out the game had already been released, like several days ago. And... I've never even heard of it. Nobody, what is it? Is it a UK only release, or is it called something else in other regions? No, it's out in the states. Locks Quest. Um, yeah, you guys haven't um, heard of Locks Quest. No, barely anyone has. Oh wow, that's weird. It's actually I posted screenshots of that on Shack News like three months ago, which was funny because yeah, no one gave a shit about it. But still, yeah, it's really good. I know that's the thing. It's like great, and THQ has kept it on the DL. So it's just it's been so well hidden. And he just kind of, they just squirted it out without mentioning it. And it's like, if I was THQ and I had a good game, I'd scream it from the rooftops because no, actually that's a point. Nobody would believe THQ if they said they had a good game. So I guess they just didn't bother bringing it up. But it is really good. The presentation is not something you'd expect from THQ. Uh, the music is brilliant. It's like, I mean, I would equate it to Final Fantasy esque music, I mean, it's on that level. Um, the graphics are really nice, it's like the, the character design is great, the presentation on the whole is just fantastic, and the gameplay is kind of like this strategy, tower defense-ish um, kind of thing, and it's all about building up defenses, like setting up turrets and walls and things, and then kind of defending them against these clockwork soldiers who come after you for a set amount of time. And if you can survive long enough, then the clockworks, being clockwork soldiers, will die. Um, And it's so well-paced, the way they kind of escalate each level, so that just before you're about to get overwhelmed, if you've set things up well, if you've pre-planned well enough, it'll be just as you're getting overwhelmed that they'll all suddenly fall over and die. Just at that moment where you, you think you're about to get you know, slaughtered, and it's just really well done and keeps everything really tense, and yeah, just a really good game. Um, I'm going to try and get the review out tomorrow, so it probably be, might be up before this show goes out, um, but it's incredibly highly recommended. Wow. Cool. Alright. Wendy, anything for you? Um, yeah. Well, I have a, a big, grand, wonderful story to tell, so I, I need to, uh, and I'll get that in a sec, but 
first two PSAs. Number one, yes, everything that Jim says about Lock Squad is, is absolutely true. Two, um, uh, if everyone, I don't know, was there a review? I didn't catch it. Of Kirby Superstar Ultra on Destructoid? Not yet, I don't think. Okay, no. they're fucking shitty, and it should be a 10, because goddammit, that was the greatest, one of the greatest games on the SNES, and um, in every respect but one, uh, they've improved upon it. The one is that they added CG cutscenes to it, and they're obnoxious and they're stupid, but holy goddamn balls. <clears throat> the uh, Kirby Superstar, if you never played it, was a combination of, like, I'm not a huge Kirby fan, but it's a combination of... Uh, six different uh, Kirby games that are pretty substantial in length. Um, like, you know, you have... It starts off with a game called Spring Breeze, and that's about as long as the original Kirby, and then it ends with... Uh, it's got one called the Great Cave Offensive, which is fucking awesome. It's like one big persistent level where you find all these different treasures and such, and then it ends with a, a very RPG-like uh, uh, scenario called Milky Way Wishes, and it's fucking badass. It's the best Kirby game ever made. Uh, everyone should play it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the story that I wanted to tell was... Uh, about how uh, I finally shorted up and got a dick and bought an HDTV, and how I've kind of uh, been thrust headlong into the wonderful, sexy, delicious uh, world of high-definition gaming experiences. Um, for and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this once or twice before, but previously I've my my <laughs> my AV setup, as as it were, was uh, a 17-inch Samsung monitor and my computer, and um, so like I had my I would, I, and it's got two inputs on the back, so I had my computer monitor hooked up to my computer and my Xbox 360 via an HD or a, a VGA cable. <clears throat> so I got to see a little bit of pretty stuff on it. You know, it was never a chore to play my 360 with the uh, VGA cable. It looked always nice. But my PS3 and my Wii, on the other hand, got hooked up through um, uh, what every, uh, like a TV tuner card. Uh, in this case, an ATI uh, TV Wonder. Which, if you look, if you see what a TV tuner card looks like on uh, an LCD monitor, it looks worse than real TV, because you're seeing all, all the flaws. It's fucking awful. And that's how I played my PlayStation Three. That's how I played Metal Gear Solid Four. Is is on worse than standard definition television. It was horrifying, um, but it was still fun, and I still enjoyed it. And I was like, ah, oh, greatest game ever. You know, Game of the Infinity, whatever. Um, so I, I'm working a new job, and I finally have some of that awesome disposable income that I heard people talk about so much when I was, you know, poor. And um, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I finally said, okay, fuck it, I'm going to get a TV. And I got a 32-inch Samsung 1080p. It's fucking badass, and it's really pretty. Um, in the first day, I know, like, I have it sitting in front of me, and it's like a monolith of fucking joy and happiness. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's huge. I have it sitting back close to the wall. It's awesome. And when I got it, I set it up. The first day, the first thing I did was put up my, you know, I got an HDMI cable with it and hooked up my PS3. And the minute I turned it on, I almost shat myself. Like I was seriously that overwhelmed. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I know I, I'm pretty gifted with hyperbole, especially on this fucking podcast. But, but like, I, I literally like there was a, a, a this overwhelming feeling of like raw fucking power like i could kill anyone with just a thought or something i don't know it was it was unreal and uh the, so the first thing i threw in was metal gear solid 4 and it it blew my fucking mind and i was like this is the most amazing thing i've ever seen like it's it's weird because you you see all these games through a completely different light and i remember like you know back in the day in, in the early days of you know podcast of your or podtoid of your rather um when you know, I would argue on the Wii's behalf, ah, graphics don't matter, meh, meh, meh. and Rob Sue would be like, fuck you, you can't say anything about it until you have an HDTV. Meh, meh, meh. I'm Richie Rich Pants, my mom bathed this, meh, 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 meh. do you want to play tennis? You know, um, uh, uh, he, uh, you know, and I was like, oh, well, fuck you, you know, that doesn't really matter. You know, good gameplay shines through the graphics, whatever, and that's absolutely true, and that's still true. 
but good graphics fucking help. Jesus Christ, I can't believe like, <laughs> like, and I, I feel like I've turned totally turned my back on my principles and my beliefs because now I'm such a whore <laughs> for this shit. And all I want to do is buy like the I want to buy a copy of Assassin's Creed. That's how bad this is. I want to go oh, out and buy no. like a like a used copy of it. What happened to you? No, 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 not to play it. Not to play it. Not to play it. Used to be cool, Aaron. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It used to be cool. No, no, but like, but you know, they're like what twelve bucks now. I want to get one. It's almost That's like true. how. It's almost like how if you you know when you get a really awesome HD setup you know like I've seen people like say oh well Transformers on Blu-ray is like that's the benchmark you know you don't buy Transformers on Blu-ray because you want to watch fucking Transformers you don't do that but I want to get like, Assassin's yeah. Creed so I can look at it and be like shit you know like fuck and that's all I was doing yesterday I was like I was I I was putting in all of my games I'm like fuck look at that and I got my 360 hooked up <laughs> and I played Castle Crashers and I was like fuck it's so awesome. And I, like right now, I'm, I've got like my PC hooked up to it, my 360, my PS3, and television. And like I, uh, let me put it this way: fucking Law and Order and HD is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I could see Briscoe's fucking pores, dude. It was awesome. Um, and uh, so like that's basically been like the last two days for me. Is just I've been I've been playing shit that looks awful on an HD TV just to see how awful it is. Like I put in I put in Einhander just so I could be like ah that looks awful, you know. But time to play that. Ratchet and Plank, you know, and that kind of thing. It's 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 awesome. Um, so this is this is basically the uh, you know this is the. Uh, the, the the joyous uh, uh you know celebration of the poor kid who finally you know got something that is somewhat up to speed um the sad thing is this thing's probably going to be obsolete in like a year and a half um but that's okay because right now everything is fucking amazing and awesome and i love it um aaron yeah. aaron you are not jenny from the block <laughs> <laughs> you've you've shattered that fantasy for me jim in in one death blow Way why are you still tweaking his nipples yeah, yeah, no shit. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our first sort of topic, I guess. Hey, then. Anthony, Anthony, what did you play? What oh, have you been right, playing? Um, yeah, uh, so I had to review Fracture, and I got like a slightly... <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have to. I volunteered for it. Um, so oh, okay. You don't, you don't get my understand. But yeah. I, I volunteered for it before the demo was out, so it was too late to take back. But they sent me, like, the swankiest, like you know, review kits I've yet had. They sent me the PS3 version and the Xbox 360 version, so that's a 50... I'm basically writing a review that's going to get me an extra 50 bucks when I sell this shit on eBay. And um, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad game. Uh, it's not very good, is it? I played the demo. No. It's exactly like the demo. Like, like I, I've never played a demo that is so incredibly faithful to the way that the real game feels. Because like after you get to the end of the demo, you're like, okay, I've, uh, you know, maybe I've seen everything this game has to offer. Maybe I haven't, but it wasn't that interesting. Blah, blah, blah. It's like imagine doing that for like three hours straight, where you get to the end of the level and they show you something that's just maybe interesting enough to hint at the fact that maybe there's going to be some sort of like amazing, you know, portal esque, braid esque switch up of the mechanics where you're doing something new, and it it's never ever ever happens, and it's wrapped in this horrible like pseudo Halo burrito t- or a tortilla thing except the inside of the burrito is just like it's it just shit but it's shit that can move mountains <laughs> terraforming poop yeah i mean and they gave me like a reviewing guy that was like this game is awesome tell everyone that it's awesome please and we're saying you guys you love this yeah, and they gave me this. Oh, there's, they, there's this big. Um, I guess the plot of the game is like uh, you know global warming or, or global warming and earthquakes 
make the United States into two separate islands that like out of nowhere decided to become uh, enemies. And they gave me this big map that shows like the U.S. as it is, and then you like wrote. It's like one of those little holograph things where you rotate it, you know, three degrees to the right, and all of a sudden half the U.S. is gone and stuff. It, it just it's it's really it's the biggest. I, they get some of this huge package that was like the size of like a an art canvas, and I didn't know what the fuck it was. And I it, it there's no reason they should have spent that much packaging on what was essentially a really bad game. Although maybe they were just trying to make up for it by. Can I have by, the cool hologram thing if you don't want it? Um. I may have thrown it away. I'm not entirely sure. And it's not, it's not that cool. You could actually probably do something cooler, but just by taking a map and then like cutting it into two pieces and then drawing like Pacificans on one side and then <laughs> yourself a lot of time. But um, it's the end of the month, so this is when we traditionally uh, do the we talk about the, the, the month amusing article of, or the monthly amusing theme. And this, this, Anthony, before, this uh, month... Can I, can I say thing before we move on? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll make this very, very brief. Okay, so today a game came out on Beware. Um, it's uh, anyway. I just wanted to point out real quick that um, uh, one of the games that came out on Beware today is a game called Art Style Orbient, um, and it's by Nintendo. It's six bucks. And uh, for those folks who don't know, it's um, a it's a Beware version of a game that was originally released in Japan only as part of a series called Bit Generations, and um, they were for the Game Boy Advance. And it was a series of, I want to say, six games or eight games, I'm not sure. But they're some of the coolest games on the Game Boy Advance. Like, there's, uh, there was one called Dot Stream, which is this really awesome pixel. All the games are oriented towards simple gameplay concepts, simple graphics, but executed with immense amounts of style. Like, really, they just got, you know, they, they, you know, they got Paul Newman's balls, essentially. They're that hot. Um, so, like, it's um, this or pretty simple game. It's pretty fun. You should... Yeah, yeah, you should buy it anyway because um, you should buy all of these art style games because that's the shit. I'm just grateful they actually did that because those games deserve more fucking credit. There's one if it ever comes out, which I know it won't because it's a console game, but there's one game that I showed Anthony at GDC. It's called Sound Voyager, and it's a game that uses um, the left and right channels of your headphones uh, in the Game Boy Advance to help you, you, you guide your character, as it were, in an invisible path, and you use sound to direct yourself, and it's one of the fucking coolest games I've ever played. So... Check out the art style things because um, style games because I'm, I'm sure they're badass. Uh, if they're anything, if they're half as good as the fifth generation games, they're going to be fucking great. And at six bucks, you can't lose. So buy them. So this week's big news is obviously that Jack Thompson got disbarred by the uh, <laughs> by the court system, and I, I, can, I can sort of guess how you guys feel about it in terms of. Well, actually, no, I can't. Let's let's go. Do you guys are you are you sad to lose? Our, our greatest enemy that was the most fun to fight. I mean, Lowenstein was not. <laughs> well, Lowenstein. It's like we were all talking about him as if he died. Um, which I when, I, when I wrote an article on it, I was like, dude, I'm talking about it like I'm writing his obituary. <laughs> and that kind of made me a little horny. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of the, 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 the listeners were asking, you know, do you think he's going to keep pulling shit even though he doesn't have his, you know, his, his essentially lawyership in, in lieu of the actual word. I mean, do you think he's going to still try and do this shit just by pulling other people's strings? Of course he is. Yeah, he's not going to stop trying, and he's certainly not going to stop trying to get into the press. Uh, personally, as someone who probably gave him one of his bigger soapboxes outside of GamePolitics.com, uh, I'm not that interested in covering... I was losing interest in covering him until the disbarment thing. 
you know, that was interesting, but I've gotten really tired of him, but he's certainly not going to stop. If anything, you know, he's got a lot more free time on his hands and whatever, whatever tenets of professional conduct he thought he was bound to are now gone. So, you know, we saw him as a dick, but a dick who was able to keep his job. Now he hasn't got a job to worry about. So God knows what he's going to try and do next. But, at the same time, he's just going to, you know, continue to be the largely ineffective uh, person that he is. I'm going to be interested to see what his future mainstream media appearance is going to be like, though, because I know the last time he was on Fox, they had him up as a as a First Amendment expert. That was his job title. Really? So, you know, we'll see what what they do next. I would be interested to see what Fox does with him, if anything, now that he's got no, you know, he's not an attorney, he's got no real credentials, he's literally just a guy. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. But it was quite funny, though, because I I got an official statement from him. I don't know if anyone saw that when I I did ask him for an official statement on the disbarment, and it was simply, sure, go to hell. Which (laughs) I thought was quite fun. And it really makes me wonder why he's not still a lawyer with that kind of gap-and-go attitude. Such persuasive rhetoric. Yeah. Uh, Fazi Ozzy, one of the readers, uh, wanted to know if, do you think, I mean, so if we've established that he's always going to keep trying, um, do you think he's going to still be the main voice or is, you know, is, is it like the end of, uh, you know, Batman Begins where the, the scarecrow's down, so now somebody has to fill that void of power and we get something even worse? I don't no, know why I, everything I say. I, I, I hope it would be Heath Ledger taking over because that would be an easy opponent. <laughs> no, no, it takes a, it takes a special kind of crazy to, uh, um, to, to fill that, to fill that space. I, I'm, I'm not sure if that's actually ever going to happen. I don't think we're ever going to see a force like, Jack Thompson again, but um, I kind of, I fuck, I forget where it was. I think it was someone, I, I think it was on Kotaku. I saw something about how someone was posing the question of whether or not, you know, he's he's an agent of our own creation, and er, by us I mean the media. And like, if we hadn't given him a platform, but you know, even if it was just enough to ridicule him, if he would ever actually, you know, been pumped up that high. And I, I kind of think that now that he's gone, you know, we're probably going to. Uh, um, I, I imagine that eventually we're just going to find someone else to be like, oh, this guy's fucking nuts, and this guy's going to be like, oh, great, you know, if I piss these guys off enough, I can sell my book, you know, and or something like that. So, well, that's actually I don't know, something I, I, Doug Lowenstein, oh, former ESA president, was talking about. He was saying that uh, it was wrong of us to do anything, essentially, to acknowledge him at all because it, that's it gave that's who that. it was. It was it was Doug Lowenstein. Yeah. But I mean, at the same, by the same token, um, both Nero and and Jim came out with what I think reasonable posts, uh, and Game Politics did a did a sort of quasi study about the fact that you know he, he was he was being on news networks back when everybody was was when the policy was you know uh, just pretend that he's not there and he was still getting on news networks and getting people excited about it. So I mean, we only know where where, where Jim stands on, or at least people read the read, read the site do. But I mean, Lindy, what do you think about that idea? Do you think we should have just shut up and let him be? Or do you think we well, should have gone on? I, think, I don't know. I think he 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 was unique in that he had, he had more of a reach than you know because it wasn't he wasn't just some fucking crazy old codger on Fox News even though that is eventually what he became. Um, he was a guy that actually had the ability to influence courts and bring actions and draw attention to things. He wasn't just some dude standing on a corner with a sign that says video games are you know the devil. Or, 
but like you know, I, I I'd like to think that things would have been different if we had just ignored him, like we ignore every, you know, middle aged who's it's who's just like ah, or, you know, like the way that you know everyone ignored some of the crazy fucks, you know, that weren't senators when the whole you know comic books are evil and D and D is evil thing was going down in the eighties and the seventies and such. So like um, <clears throat> I, uh, I I'm not sure. Um, I'd like I'd like to think it could have been different, but um, I don't know. Some people just won't be stopped, you know, and no matter how little publicity they get, I'm sure he would have found other ways. And to be honest, I don't think that's a conscious choice we could have made because his threats were pretty real. I mean, he was trying to, I mean, he was introducing, uh, introducing suits that could have kept games off of our shelves. And that's something that we have to respond to. We have to be like, no, that's fucking stupid, you know. And then he kept kept coming back and coming back. And it's like, you know, leave us alone. This is our, you know, this is our, it's freedom of speech. This is our fucking shit that, you know, this is quit being a douchebag. I mean, it's, I don't think it's anything, even if we knew what it was going to turn into, if we knew what it was going to turn into and we knew that we could just ignore him, I don't think we would have because I think it was, we were, we were obligated to take action against him. You know? So for how do you feel? I feel like it's a little early to be singing Ding Dong, the witch is dead. I don't think he's going to go away that easy. I mean, sure, it's not as, uh, threatening, I guess, when he does step up and say anything, but we haven't seen the last of him. He's still going to be all over the TV and all over the, the internet, and it's just doesn't change a whole hell of a lot for me. If that's the case, and he is still going to be around, but he is losing that thing that Lindy was talking about that, that, that made it such an imperative to report on in his legal clout, uh, is he even worth reporting on anymore? I don't Jim? think so. Sorry. <laughs> I'm way too quick to do that. No, go on, please, please, please. That was it. <laughs> Jim, Jim, what do you think? Um, with regards to whether he was, uh, whether he's worth reporting on, my predominant reason for reporting on Jack, as I said in my post addressing what Lowenstein said, was that it was entertaining. Jack Thompson, regardless of what you think of him as a person, was a source of entertainment. Whether you're ridiculing him or He's actually doing something funny, which he's actually done before. He can be a surprisingly witty man. So he was a, sh- a showman as much as anything else, but towards the end of it, he got very boring. I mean, some would argue, I know Nick Chester would argue that he was always boring. And, you know, a lot of people would agree with that. Not something I'd agree with, and not something that a lot of readers would agree with either. But that was my predominant reason for posting about him was entertainment reasons. I'm not a journalist like some people in the industry claim they are. I'm a blogger and I write to entertain people and Jack Thompson was an excellent tool for that as I said in the article. The gaming press and Jack Thompson had a very symbiotic relationship. We did give him what he wanted. We fed his ego. We gave him a a soapbox to stand on. We let him feel like a, you know, like an internet tough guy. But he also gave us plenty of things. You know, he gave blogs all over page views and traffic. He gave gamers something to talk about, uh, someone to vilify because everyone loves to have a villain. So both Jack Thompson and the gaming press fed off each other. If you want to say that someone's at fault for that, then you know it, the fault lies on both sides. But that depends on whether you want to view it as fault or credit. Um, I wouldn't say it was a fault because I don't think 
whatever happened with Thompson was harmful. You know, there was no harm done. He got his little ego fill. We had a laugh. Now he's not got a job. And I've still got a job. So everyone's a winner. So do you think his, his lack of a job and the lack of those restrictions now is going to make him more or less uh, boring as someone to report well, on? Well, as I said, he's, he was boring me towards the end of it. I stopped the majority of my Thompson posts, and I'm not going to post on anything unless he does something monumentally stupid, which, you know, it's 50-50. But I do think that his not having a... I mean, let's face it, it's not just the fact that he's not an attorney anymore. He also cannot file a suit anymore, at least in Florida, as far as I'm aware. Um, He needs another attorney to do it. You know, that was before he was disbarred. The the bar was so sick of him filing all these frivolous lawsuits that they said, stop it, you can't do that anymore. You need someone else to do it for you. So he has been stripped of a lot of his power. I think all he's got now is the same thing that a lot of anti-games lobbyists have, is just lies. And I think he was... I don't know, it's difficult because on the one hand he was potentially the most dangerous critic we had, but he was also filing lawsuits that were going nowhere. So I don't think it makes a difference whether he was an attorney or not because he was always wrong. And I think, if anything, he's just proven that people who are wrong about video games don't win, just like all the critics of all mediums who have failed in the past and will fail again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, anything more to add? I think everyone pretty much nailed it. I mean, I yeah, what what Jim said that okay. Um, I, I this is a note I was supposed to make at the beginning of the show, but I forgot. But um, if you have heard of the ship, or even if you haven't, the the, the Half Life mod, the ship, it's on Steam. It's really good. Um, we now have. Well, it's not an official destructed server, but it's uh, one of your one of the community members, Yashoki or Yashoki. I'm not. I don't know. It's one of those Japanese names. Um, set up a server. That's the only server I know of that's still doing the ship and is actually playing it the way it's meant to be played. So, if you haven't played the game, or if you've been looking for a way to play the game, uh, he's your guy. I promised him I'd, I'd give it a shout out on the podcast. So there you go. But back to uh, news. Um, Kojima, in I guess an interview, uh, was talking about the the future of the Metal Gear Solid franchise, and he said. Quote, I have three concepts, concepts for Metal Gear Solid 5 already. What would be ideal for me with Metal Gear Solid 5, though, is that we don't do those. If the team picks one of those concepts, I have to get involved again, which I don't want to do. There are already so many good ideas from the staff, so if we select one of those, that would be really good. At that point, I could really rely on them and take a step back to be the producer, which is the ideal situation, I think. Now, I guess there are two questions inherent here. Uh, one is obviously does is do you think he's really going to step out because he's been saying this since I think Metal Gear Solid Two that he would, he was not going to direct him, and the second question is, is Metal Gear Solid one of those franchises, those rare rare franchises where the the main focus is not necessarily on the style of, the style of it or the or the plot so much as it is the characters you know like like the James Bond series or like Doctor Who where we can take the characters and transpose them onto a new writer and so long as we're faithful to those characters it's something we can stick with or is it so integrally tied to Kojima that we just can't give a shit if he's not doing it um, now Jim I know you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 4 yet but uh, I, I'm interested to hear what you think about this soon soon I will I'm going to go to 
the States. And I'm going to bring a shiny pound coin with me. And with the way your fucking economy is right now, you get five <laughs> PS3s for that. Uh, <laughs> I will get it very soon, though. I, I know I can probably get some shit, a cheap PS3. And I've already got a HDTV set up for me before I even get there. So. Awesome. But, um, Hideo Kojima is in... Same. Let's just start with that. He is blessed in the head. And he's the things that come out of his mouth and reality aren't in the same room. They're not even in the same country. So if he says he's not in um not gonna be involved with Metal Gear Solid five, then he is going to be involved with Metal Gear Solid five. That's now a fact. That is actually confirmed. <laughs> He's writing, directing, starring in Metal Solid 5. <laughs> the man, he, I don't think he can. I don't think he can tear himself away from it. You know, he's claimed that he's been stepping away from MGS for well since Metal Gear Solid 2. He said he's going to leave after Metal Gear Solid 3. He said he's going to leave after Metal Gear Solid 4. And the game was out a couple of months ago, and he's already had three whole concepts already. By the time they actually get around to planning it, he's going to have a fucking Bible of ideas, bigger than the original Bible for the He-Man cartoon show concept. And he's going to try and do every single one of those ideas. And I think, I mean, I said this when I posted the story, the fact that he needs other people to have ideas better than him so that he doesn't have to be involved kind of speaks volumes about how Hideo Kojima deals with the series. He obviously, he needs outside help to keep away from the series. And so I don't think... You know, Isn't I don't that think one of the 12 not, steps? Like, relying on other people, isn't that one of the 12 steps that we're becoming addiction of, of some sort? I think it is, yeah. That's exactly it. He's He can't break away on his own. And I think if the only way he's going to not be involved in MGS5 is if he's chained to a radiator somewhere. <laughs> Literally going cold turkey in his crack den. I think it's the only way that he'll keep away from it. Um, and I was going to say some other points, but I got so enthralled in my cold turkey metaphor that I've forgotten. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, this isn't going to... Oh, that's what I was going to say. I am... Let's not forget that uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 was supposed to be the last Metal Gear Solid game. And now, as if nothing happened, he's just like, uh, <laughs> oh, I've got ideas for Metal Gear Solid 5, by the way, guys. <laughs> so I just well, think... So- it was the last one supposed a... to be with Solid Snake, right? I thought the door was always open for more, just not with Solid Snake as the main character, was my understanding. Well, I think I thought I thought the intention was it was going to be the last Metal Gear Solid game, because obviously Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah, Solid, okay, right. Solid Snake. Um, but he's calling it Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> you know, I thought it would be, you know, Metal Gear something else. You know, Metal Gear whatever. Like, you got Metal Gear Acid and then just the original Metal Gears. I thought it was time for a whole new franchise. I think, I think Metal Gear, Gear something else is a pretty great name for a franchise, actually. 
He wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if that's what he called it. Metal Gear something else. Because that, then when they come out with special editions, it has to be Metal Gear something else. Some brilliance. Apotheosis. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, are you okay with the idea of of uh, a Metal Gear without Hideo, Hideo Kojima? I mean, maybe even with Snake or, or you know, whatever, if it goes back in time. Or I mean, do you think it's so connected to Kojima that it's going to be like Silent Hill Homecoming, or do you think it's going to be, you know, Casino Royale? No, I, I well, personally, I'd like to see something like, you know, I, I don't think... <clears throat> I think after you put enough, as much work into a series as Hideo Kojima has put into Metal Gear, you don't really ever let it go. And... Uh, I have a feeling that no matter what he friggin' does, he's probably going to keep at least a tendril or two in, uh, you know, in that series. I really hope. I, you know, like it's funny because I, I see commenters on like Kotaku or something, you know, or, or shit, any number of other sites, even some destructors are just like, let it die already. And I'm like, what? Wait, why? <laughs> you know, like if he's still got ideas and if he's still got shit he wants to do with the series, like uh, personally, I'm really happy with the story, and I could leave it where it is, and it would still, and it would be one of my favorite series of all time, um, and it, and it is. Uh, but you know, if he's got more ideas, and if it's not like a matter of just going back and rehashing shit, um, I'm I'm okay with that. It's like it's like someone, it's like some if if you really fucking like ice cream, and you've had like the best ice cream you've ever had consistently for four days, and then you know. At the end of the four days, you're feeling really good about the ice cream, and you're like, "That was great fucking ice cream." I wouldn't have mind, you know, I wouldn't mind having more of that if only it was available to me. And then the next day, someone walks up and said, "Hey, man, I got another batch of ice cream coming up," and you're like, "Fuck no, you're done." You know, fuck no, you stop. Well, well, you well just- what if that person comes up and says, "I have a new batch of ice cream, but there's a fifty-fifty chance because I removed the labels on the containers that it's either made of chocolate or shit." Because that seems to be people's concern. <laughs> if it's you know not hit up by Kojima, I don't know what kind of ice cream parlor this is that is so unsanitary that they actually have containers full of shit that are shaped exactly the same right. as chocolate ice cream containers. Exactly, yeah. And it managed to mix up the labels, but I mean, pretend the metaphor makes sense. It's it's a TCBY. That's that's how it. That's how it came together. Um, um, I, I guess if uh, should we give Jim a minute? <laughs> you, you okay there, Chief? Yeah, he'll be all right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I guess uh, if if it came down to it, like, yeah, I know there's a possibility that the game may suck, and but you know what, I if a game sucks, I don't have to like it, and if I buy it, you know, I've bought worse games before, I'm sure. And I l- let me put it this way, um, I have yet to play a Metal Gear Solid game that was really awful. Metal Gear Acid, and Metal Gear Acid Two were just different. They weren't, you know, I didn't enjoy them terribly much, but I still admired them for what they were. And uh, uh, Kojima didn't. Uh, he exec- Jim, help me out here. He either produced or executive produced uh, Portable Ops, correct? I think it was something like that. Um, or he I didn't. He didn't remember. direct them. He didn't direct them or anything. He didn't have a direct. Uh, I think he he uh, you know threw in his two cents on the um, uh, on the story or something like that. But then everything else was done by other people, and it turned to be a great game. It was limited by the platform a lot, but. It, I thought it was a pretty fucking great game, and like, I, uh, I, I'd like to think that um, that so long as he has some influence, and at least so long as he keeps, is he keeps the reins on the story, and it wants and makes it go where he wants it to go, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with other teams getting their hooks in the metal because you know Konami has some of the best fucking developers on the planet, you know, 
uh, and and they and they interchange and they intermingle. I mean, the guys, some of the guys who worked on Zone of the Enders worked on Metal Gear and vice versa. And like, if they gave it to the Zone of the Enders people, I'd be totally cool with that because that was a spectacular game, and I trust those guys. And if the game sucks, I can just not play it and not like it. That's okay, you know. I do that with plenty of other series. You know, it's uh, shit. The Final Fantasy. If I judge the entire entire Final Fantasy series based on the ways in which the series changed hands from noteworthy developer to noteworthy developer, I would have stopped liking the series after Final Fantasy VI. But <clears throat> you know, there's no cohesion there. You know, what's it's that? Not, it's not. It's but there's no cohesion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. No. Yeah. It's apples and oranges. I know. But what I'm saying is that is that that's why I go back to that. So long as he has some sort of role in making it cohesive, and, I, and to be honest, I can't see a dude like him who you know. I mean, Anthony, as as you've talked about before, he's definitely kind of an he's he's very much sort of an auteur, isn't he? I mean, like you know yeah. better than I would because you've studied that shit more than I have. But as far as I know, what the definition of that is, and what makes an auteur, Kojima seems like a perfectly good candidate for that. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I, and I can't see a guy like that letting it go, even though I I'm pretty sure that legally he has no recourse. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> you know, cause, yeah, because Konami owns the IP; they can do with it the fuck they want, but. They know that they're going to turn out a better product if they have him on board, and they know that they're going to, you know, uh, have more cohesion to the series and make more money if they have him on board. So if he wants to stay on board, and I'm pretty sure he probably will, you know, I- I'm sure he'll have some sort of influence that at least keeps things together. And uh, again, this is all conjecture, but I assume I you know, I don't assume I choose to believe it just because I would like it to turn out that way, <laughs> you know. And so, that's, that's, that may be somewhat unrealistic, but God damn it, I, I want I wouldn't mind more Metal Gear. I love Metal Gear. I want as much of it as they're willing to shovel into my ass, man. So to wrap up my metaphor, the, if, if so long as the original guy who put the containers there in the first place and thinks that he sort of remembers which one is which, though he's not 100% sure, <laughs> oversees the guy making the ice cream, you're willing to at least have it put in front of you. So you can smell it from a distance, and if it's safe, maybe. If not, no, but at least you had the opportunity to have it put in front of you rather than them just not make it at all out of safety. Do I have that right? I don't actually care if I have that right. I just wanted to finish that Roughly, metaphor. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you got it going. Yeah, that's, that, seems, that seems appropriate. So for no, I mean, you and you know, and okay. I, I'm not so defensive of the series that I, I'm I'm one of those guys who's like, you know, no, I mean, don't touch it, you leave it alone, blah blah blah. blah, blah. You know, I, I think things can evolve, and sometimes things suck. I don't, you know, I fucking love Star Wars, man, but I didn't like the prequels. It doesn't make make me love Star Wars any less. Empire Strikes Back is still like one of my favorite movies of all fucking time, and that's it's okay that George Lucas, you know, totally, you know, jumped the shark and made some of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's totally all right. I'm okay with that. Because the shit that he made previously makes me happy. You know, same goes for pretty much everything Kojima has done up to this point. Um, if someone takes his product, or if he takes his product, and totally fucks with it, I'm okay with that. Because, you know, look at all the shit that I have now. I mean, I can go back and play any of those games anytime I want. It's okay. So, I mean, if it's if it's it's a risk that I think is possibly worth taking. Because I really don't think they'd... F- I, uh, again, I choose to believe they won't skull fuck Metal Gear. I, I really hope they won't. You know. Just on that point, though, um, I know especially you said that Konami knows that Kojima would be the best guy to go for that. You have to remember that the best people to make the new Silent Hill would have been Team Silent, who are not making Silent Hill Homecoming. So, I don't know... Konami. Damn it! Okay, fine. Konami. Yeah, you got. Oh no, no, no. Yep, you've got a point. And oh, okay. now I feel sad. 
Because <laughs> you're right. You're right. They, they'd probably farm it out to a to, to fucking I don't know uh, Idos or something like that. I don't know. Shit. I just think it's worth considering. But at, at the same, by the same token, um, Kojima is you know a big, powerful, well-known figure as far as developers go. So I doubt that Konami would go out of their way to piss him off. So you know there is still that chance. But Kojima also said that he wouldn't. You know, it, it sounds like he will n- he will be involved with NGS5 on a creative level unless someone has a better idea than him. So you could probably take some solace from the fact that if Kojima is not helming MGS5, it's because someone had a better idea than him. And Kojima thinks so too. So That's true. That's true. Yeah, that is very true. Topher, where do you weigh on on this? Um, I kind of would like to see him step away from it just because I'd like to see what else he could do. I'd like to see what else he might have up his sleeve. Though at this point, I don't know that there is anything else up his sleeve. Kojima kind of is Metal Gear Solid. And uh, I don't know, I worry if he did step away that it'd be like the end of Shawshank Redemption where the dude hangs himself when he finally gets out. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, what would he do after that? Uh, it's been his life for so long. Have you played yeah. um, Snatcher? No. I haven't either, but I hear. I, I guess that's a Kojima game, and I've heard from a lot of people that it's really, really great. I'll tell you what I have played. Oh, Snatcher? Wait. Game. Wait. Who, what, who just said what about Snatcher? What? I said, I said Snatcher that people said it was good. It is. It fucking is. It's definitely not, you know, Metal Gear. It's a different kind of game, but it showcases how... It's, it, it showcases Kojima's storytelling skills extremely effectively. It's a... It's an adventure kind of game. It's a lot like the scrum, uh, the scrum games that you know that LucasArts used to do with with some action elements in it. But yeah, it's it's really good. It's just definitely not. Really good. Um, uh, you know, when people sit around and say, "Oh man, I want to play Snatcher versus Kojima," yeah, no, no, it's nothing like Metal Gear, but it's still pretty fucking great. Um, so yeah, sorry, Jim, what were you saying? I was just saying um, the one non Metal Gear Solid Kojima game I played was Lunar Nights on the DS which I believe Hideo himself was involved in. I mean, it's definitely a Kojima Productions game, and it's shit. And I would love, you know, I genuinely would love to see Kojima do some more out of Tide of Metal Gear Solid. You know, he's one of my favourite developers. I would love to see him do more. So long as it's not Lunar Nights. Wait a minute, I don't think Lunar Nights was... What what kind of involvement did he have on Lunar Nights? Because I know that he had a... I I I thought he had a... I thought Boktai was where he had the most influence on it, and then Lunar Nights, he kind of stepped away from it. Possibly. I mean, all I know is, I know his name's attached. Um, so I choose to believe that he made it all himself, from scratch. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just saying, I mean, that's the last Kojima game I am. Well, it's certainly from his team. So. Well, yeah, it's, but Kojima Productions is not Hideo Kojima. No, I mean it's it's. I don't know though. It's I mean, I know his that name, it means he's the only one there. <laughs> it's just him in a room with a little sign that says "Productions" on his desk. Trouble is, knowing him, that's probably true. <laughs> Kojima Productions probably doesn't exist. Konami's probably never cleared Kojima Productions. He just. He just started walking into the Konami offices one day and said, just off to Kojima Productions. And 
Tommy <laughs> guys just kind of look at each other uneasily and then just nod and say, well, have fun. And then they just watch him walk into the janitor's closet where he just <laughs> starts screaming Excelsior. And that's all they hear coming out of the door morning, noon and night until he comes back out and says, here's Metal Gear Solid 4. And they say, there's nothing there. That's just a mop head that you've taken off the stick. And then they have to bring in Ryan Payton, who <laughs> helps make okay, Metal Gear right. so That's why he's credited um, as an influence, because he had to make it in between changing Hideo Kojima's clothes for it. <laughs> right. He was too busy having like business meetings in a garden somewhere to stones and squirrels. He's not a well man. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's before he tried to fucking... He came to Peyton one day with an idea for an ice cream parlor that just sells buckets of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, means like, God. this is the worst idea ever. And Kojima goes, why don't you meet me halfway? And he goes, all right. Aaron, do you have anything to say? Or are we going to go on to... No, fuck it. I give up. Yeah, let's, let's uh, go on and read the questions. <laughs> orange problem. How do you deal with the yearly onslaught of games around this time of year? There simply isn't enough time to play everything coming out. Personally, I'm going for a select few at the release date, Fallout, Gears 2, Guitar Hero, and Left 4 Dead, and will enjoy the rest throughout when they are cheaper. Unfortunately, this means I'm overlooking games like Dead Space, Fable 2, and Far Cry 2, which are all out on the same day, and my pre-order trigger finger is starting to get itchy. Uh, how, how do you guys feel about it? I mean, we had a shitload of really great Xbox Live Arcade games in August. Uh, hey, hey, October. hey, hey, Anthony? Anthony. Yes. Stop yes. and start again. Uh, Adam says that you you cut out um, oh, at the start that? of the. Yeah, apparently. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, all right. I'll give it ten seconds. And also, slow the fuck down. I couldn't tell what the hell you were saying. Okay. Haha. <laughs> ten seconds again. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Orange Goblin asks, how do you deal with the yearly onslaught of games around this time of year? He goes into detail about uh, Fable 2, Dead Space, and Far Cry 2 are all coming out on the same day, and we're seeing similar things in, in, in November and late October. And, you know, August we had a bunch of great Xbox Live Arcade games. October and November we're having an incredible just wave of games. September we have absolutely nothing to speak of. That's really, really important. Uh, how, do you, how do you guys feel about this schedule, and I, 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 speaking as someone who knows nothing about anything, I don't understand how this works and why it's been the case for as long as I can remember that they don't space these things out, uh, you know, just sequentially. Because I'm trying to think, you know, if if I'm me and I am, I would like to play great games spaced out over a period of time because I'm usually bored and I don't have anything to play. I, I just can't even if i wasn't a games journalist and was getting some free i don't understand how i could be asked to buy all this shit at the same time with all these companies wanting to release this shit right then and there is there some sort of tax reason i'm not missing on or does this competition actually help people i don't know i don't get it someone who knows something uh well i know that um okay well at least in in terms of spacing stuff out i i think that if I have this right, well, first of all, you have to factor into the into the notion that, you know, oftentimes, you know, rarely does a game set out where someone says, you know, let's go for this, you know, now, you know, um, uh, you know, let's let's shoot for this particular date. I mean, oftentimes it's just like let's fucking play it by ear, um, except in the cases where you're a company like EA and your holiday lineup is really important and you coordinate your studios to you know to to meet that, um, and 
never, ever, 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 ever underestimate the power of the um, of the holiday release because because if a game uh, you know sits on the shelf for more than three months, it's essentially done. I mean, unless it's unless it gets on like the uh, the, the platinum bestseller list or some bullshit. Um, you know, if it makes it on greatest hits or what have you, you know, they'll do a couple of print runs, and if it's really, really popular, they'll keep going. Like Call of Duty, they're not going to stop printing that forever. Call of Duty Four, they're, they're never. Um, but like, you know, if if a game sits on the market for three months and doesn't sell terribly well, you know, they they'll stop production on it. I mean, it, it happens to a lot of games. That's why games are rare. That's why games become rare. Um, uh, but if you know, if you time your game for no matter how shitty it is, no matter how bad it is, if you time your game for a release at late October, early November. It's not just a matter of making more money. It's ensuring that you're going to keep selling that game. You know, it's not just like, oh, we boosted our revenue a little bit. It's like you extend the shelf life of the game, you know, to uh, much, 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 much farther than it might have been otherwise. So, I mean, yeah, September blows and uh, summer blows. And there are there are seasons in which, you know, it's like uh, June is big because kids are out of school. You know, Christmas is big for obvious reasons, you know, November, but, you know, like November, December, that's it, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's sometimes it really blows, but it's just kind of the nature of the beast. And, you know, when I run out of shit to play, I play other, I play old shit that I really like, so I'm okay with it. God damn it. That was very informative that that answered my question. But, I mean, what what do you guys feel about, are you okay with this, Uh, Jim? Uh, I would normally be okay with it, but I have a lot of shit to do. And a lot of my money to go to places. And I can... Well, I'm going to have to try it. But it's going to be very difficult to afford Dead Space and Fable and Gears all practically at once. And I want to review them all. So that's difficult. Especially for someone like me who takes on more than he can handle. Just last week I had Sonic Chronicles and Lock's Quest who had two RPGs, and I was trying to review Duke Nukem for some inane reason, and Dragon Quest. The review of Dragon Quest went up today, and it's just Colette doing it, because I was talking to her, and I said, I've got to do this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. I've been working on Destructor now for 15 hours. I need to stop. And she said, shall I take Dragon Quest on my own? And I was like, could you? Because that'd be great. (laughs) And... It's difficult. I mean, that's that's reviewing as well as playing, but even just a play. I mean, I bought Dragon Quest last week. I played half an hour of it, and I've got these other two games that I've been working on. I haven't touched Dragon Quest now for a week, and that's that's just before November comes and October. And that, you know, that is when I'm fucked. There's not enough hours in the day. Um, but it's very bad for me this year just because I'm moving to the States in November as well. So I have to be very careful, especially where I've just quit my um, job at the ca- uh, cab firm, so I'm now writing full-time. So I'm in a, one of those precarious positions where I have to be very careful with my money because this is not a... Uh, reliable industry if you're trying to uh, do the kind of thing I'm trying to do. So I have to be very careful with my money, but I want to play all these games, but I'm also trying to move to the States. So there's also the point of 
is it worth buying things now or wait until I get out there? Um, what works on an NTSC Xbox that I could buy here and take with me? Um, all this business. So it's very bad for me. Um, I, I have a question. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying that all of the publishers want to give me the games for nothing. Um, <laughs> might, get, might get a good score out of it. Didn't work with Sega, um, even though they did send me nice little Sonic the Hedgehog star analysis. Um, you still got six. Sorry. Aaron, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that I, I think that, I mean, I, I sympathize with anybody who's like, there's too much shit coming out. And I agree, but like, I almost, I almost see that as a really good thing. You know, like, granted, I, I mean, you know, I can't afford to buy eight games at once either. But like, um, the only time that ever really chaps my ass is when, is when it's like eight games plus like three that I know are going to be limited print runs. Like when Atlas, or actually, well, Atlas has gotten a lot better, but like, you know, when, when they used to come out with shit and you like, you know, and you knew it was going to be limited release. Like I remember, um, whatever Christmas it was that I think it was 2001 that Lunar Eternal Blue came out and the game was 70 bucks, uh, on, uh, Lunar Eternal Blue, uh, complete on the PlayStation. It was, bucks, and I wanted it really bad, but between buying presents for everyone and just wanting games, all the games that were coming out that season, like, um, no, it had to be earlier than 2000. I fucking forget. I think it was like 99, maybe. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a ways back. Um, like, um, it, you know, in that case, it was like, well, I know I'm never going to see that game again, you know, if I don't get it now. And then sure enough, that's what happened. But like, if your choice is down between Gears and Dead Space and all that shit, you know those games are going to be out for a while. You know, and, and the the biggest problem for me, it's like, I don't really have all that much available time anymore. So um, it's like, if... If I can only play one game, you know, like for a week, like if it takes me two weeks to finish a game, that's fucking great because, you know, I don't have to buy a shitload of games at once. Like, I don't see the reasoning in buying, like, I'm not going to buy Gears and Mirror's Edge and Dead Space and all this other shit all at once because I'm only going to have time to play one of them, <laughs> um, you know, every evening and, and, you know, for a couple of days at a time. Like, I'm probably only going to get one game every two weeks or so just because I don't have time anymore. Um, but I can sympathize, like, if, if all you do is go to school or something, or if you're lazy and unemployed and, and half-retarded, you know, like, uh, well, shit, no, everyone here works. I can't make fun of anybody. No, that's not uh, true. All those things apply to me. Oh, really? No, you go to school, though. Well, but I'm still retarded. I mean, shut up. You can't <laughs> do self... Uh, no, dude, I'm just saying, leave the self-deprecating humor to the fat people, okay? We do it a lot better. <laughs> anyway. Um, so... Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, I... I don't know. Quit your bitching. Like, it's great. There's a shitload of games, and you're so overwhelmed by how many awesome games there are that you can't decide. Like, that's great. <laughs> that Quit your bitching. Just enjoy it while it lasts, because it's not going to last. And that's just the nature of the beast, but just enjoy it. But so far, you seem to be similarly cursed with a lack of free time. Where do you weigh in? Um, I'm with Aaron. It's just the nature of the beast. It's the way it's always been. It's always been that way. Um... Now, with the case of XBLA, I don't see... Oh, yeah, that's definitely... That's, yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) It's not fair. Seriously. What the fuck? I've spent, like, 300 bucks on XBLA in, like, the past six months. It's fucked. What the fuck? You (laughs) schedule everything on the platform that's worth a second look for, what, like, five weeks in a row. What the fuck? Yeah. And then after that, it's just balls. Well, that's not true, because there's some good stuff. And there's no reason for that, because that's a whole different market. I mean, the 
the digital. Yeah, you saw the numbers that came out of that, though, like, right? How their how their revenue jumped up like sixty seven percent or some shit. It was oh, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. so it worked for because them, anything but, yeah, anything worth purchasing came out in August. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and and presumably people don't buy XBLA games for Christmas presents. So right. yes, it's true. Yeah, that really fucking irritated me mm-hmm. because there's no reason for it. I mean, with yeah, this, kind um, of what? this based media, it's a different, it's a different animal. That makes some sense as to why you know that's happening, but not with XBLA. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. I why mean, do it kind of works in the in the way Aaron was talking. I think where he's saying about how games have limited amounts of time on the shelves. There's no limited time on a shelf for an XBLA game. Exactly. Especially. That's exactly well, the, my point there would be that they don't have to release them. I don't see your point. I'm talking bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused. <laughs> Let's go right on to the next question then. Um, Mr. Red asks a question that's it's maybe kind of big for, for this, but um, he says, why do RPGs get away with grinding? Um, last, you know, last week we talked about Dragon Quest and Jim referred to it as hardcore RPG son, and you know, in the sense that there was you only had you know three you had triple digit health things and uh, and stuff like that. Now I, I assume all of us play a fair amount of RPGs. And I'm, I'm curious as to you know RPGs. Are the, the main thrust of most RPGs I've played, uh, whether they wanted to or not, comes with just the feeling of leveling up your character and grinding and getting more powerful. And the actual idea of strategy and the fights and thinking and using your head and, and using your characters in the right way never seems to actually be uh, that important. I mean, is that what most RPGs are about, or do you think it's 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 the grind itself is, is a feasible way of just pushing the game along? No, I, I don't think any developer ever intends to work grind their game. I really don't think that's how it works. I, you know, I know that's how it happens all the time. Like, but I don't think that's ever an intention. I don't think any developer sees that as as a as an employable convention of the genre. Um, that being said, I think developers have the. Uh, I think I think they tend to believe the pie in the sky uh, belief that that every stupid little friggin' um, uh, you know component that you add to your game, be it like you know item synthesis or fucking weapon weapon creation or monster catching and all this other bullshit that you think is really fun, a lot of people don't want to do. And what happens is. You know, the time you don't spend uh, running around doing all that bullshit or doing stuff that has nothing to do with the story, which I have a real tough time doing with games that I don't really get invested in. You know, Final Fantasy XII, I did everything because I really enjoyed the game. Dragon Quest VIII, I did everything. Um, lots of games, I don't want to do everything. So by the time you get to where you're you know, going, it's like you know, the game assumes that you've done a certain degree of shit um, at that point, and... If you haven't done that, you might be a little underleveled. And I think I think that's where a lot of my problems come in, is that I, as I get older and as I have less time to play games, I spend less time exploring and dicking off, especially in RPGs. Um, and as such, I always find myself having to grind because I'm just like, you know, they're like, do you want to go this way? It's an optional quest. You don't have to go. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that. I don't want to go. Let's take, go to the next plus point. I want to know what the fuck's going on. You know, let's let's move this let's move this cart and buggy along. Gee, wait, cart and buggy are the same thing. Uh, horse and buggy along. <laughs> that. Yes. Um, I just yeah, and I just don't have the patience for it anymore. Um, but you know, I no. If any game actually requires a shitload of grinding, fuck that game. Oh wait, yeah, World of Warcraft. Right, fuck that game. 
<laughs> so far? I don't know. I actually like grinding to a point. There, there comes a point where it's just too much, and I don't want to fucking play anymore because I don't have time for that kind of stuff anymore. Um, like Aaron said with the side quest, fucking item synthesis was bullshit. Um, all the hunts, the fucking wanted posters, and the Final Fantasy bullshit. I'm sorry, Aaron, you might have enjoyed it. I didn't. Um, stuff like that that's just put there to bloat the, the game. All that, mm-hmm. but I don't mind grinding if it will get me somewhere, and if it doesn't take away from the story too much, and so that I'm spending hours and hours forgetting what's going on in the background. Yeah, I, I do, however, think though that that a lot of games, um, a lot of RPGs, aren't developed in such a way where they actually factor in strategy. I, I very few like. Of all the RPGs that I've ever played, I can name, I can probably count on two hands, and I've played a shitload of RPGs, I can probably count on two hands the number of, uh, the number of those games in which status effects were actually fucking useful. Like, not, uh, you know, they were obnoxious when they were cast on you, but like, as, as uh, employed against the enemy, like, uh, there are so few fucking games where I actually found that there was some use for those. Um, and uh, Dragon Quest is one of the ones where it actually does work. Um, Dragon Quest 4 on the DS also makes very good use of it. Um, 12 makes good use of it. I mean, there are plenty of games that do, but more that don't. And I think that's where, you know, like, eventually it's like you have all these spells, but you can't really do strategy. It's basically fight, 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 heal, 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 big, you know, badass spell after big badass spell. And you had just, it's, it's, most RPGs end up being just, uh, just wars of attrition. And, and those aren't fun in the long run. And grinding in those is what's really irritating because, you can't be clever about the way you grind. You can't be clever about the way you play. You just have to play until you're big enough to beat the guy, to beat the boss in the face with your fist fast enough that he dies before he can hit you back in the face. You know? And why do you keep playing RPGs if there's so few of them that actually rely on strategy? I, I actually don't anymore. I mean, I don't really play all that many. You know, uh-huh. like, I'm going to play... You know, I just don't have the time for it. Like, I... The last RPG I got was Infinite Undiscovery, and I played the first two hours of that and realized I didn't really like it all that much and kind of gave it up. That's kind of how most of... That's why I don't really buy RPGs anymore, because unless they're buttfuck cheap, because it's like I, I don't want to make that kind of investment on a game that I know I'm... I, that I, an RPG nowadays has to be super-duper fucking special for me to, to, to rope me in, because I don't have 60... Like, and every time I look at the back of a box and it's like, an epic 80-hour RPG, I'm like, oh, you go fuck yourself right off. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> like, I can't... You know, and that's why Dragon Quest was at like Dragon Quest Eight was like at once the greatest and the worst thing that ever happened to me, because it was an awesome, awesome, amazing game, and I loved every second of it. Alternatively, I spent every minute after fucking three or four weeks of school playing that goddamn game at the expense of my GPA, like because I couldn't stop playing because it was awesome, but at the same time, it's like it just never ended. It was so fucking long, you know. And if if I had played a game like that when I was oh god, I don't know. Um, uh, 13 or something, I would have been the happiest bunny on the planet. But as it stands, it's like, it's irritating. So nowadays, it's like, I really have to, you know, I have to hear a shitload of good stuff about an RPG before I play it. And if I do happen to play it, or if I buy it, it's got about a three-hour window to wow the shit out of me. So that's why I can't stand the RPG. Like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm really rambling here, but let me just touch on one, one last point. That's why the older that I get and the less time that I have, the more I hate... Um, the games that do the whole like you know you know it's a it's a story about a fucking world that's 
crumbling because of some evil dude and he's doing this thing and it's bad but they always have to start with the fucking kid in the fucking village with his fucking parents and his fucking friends sitting around and talking about how great life is so you can see how idyllic and and peaceful things are before they ruin everything with you know the meteor or or the or the evil spirit unleashed from the uh, you know the long the long asleep spirit that you know is unleashed from the the tomb of the undead buttfuck douchebag whatever like it's I hate that shit so much. I hate it when games take a long time to ramp up, and they always do that stupid thing where it's like, here's a, you know, like Kingdom fucking Hearts, dude. Like, God damn it. Like, the like the two oh. hours that it's spent running around in this stupid, what was it, Hollow Bastion, I think, that you're Roxas? No, and, Hollow Bastion's uh, the regular one. Uh, oh, okay, no, which one is Train it? It's Town or some bullshit. Traverse? Traverse Town, Traverse. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and all that bullshit. I just was like, "Oh God, for the love of, just stop, just stop." I have characters that I like. Let me be the characters. Let me do my thing. Um, and yeah, that's one of the reasons that I can't. I just can't take that shit anymore because I don't have time, and I want to be roped in, and I want it to be. I want to be engaged, and I need, and I can't take time fucking looking at how great and green and wonderful this place is before it goes to shit. Just let it go to shit, and then let me fight some stuff and let it be fun. That's damn it. <laughs> I'm totally in that same boat. I, I think when I get to the end of the game, I want to have won because I did it right and was smart and used some sort of skill rather than I have that much time on my hands. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't is be that about... Do you ever see yourself is, playing an MMO? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. How dare you, sir? No, I, I'm, no I, I completely agree with you. I'm just making... No, sure. I don't... Um, that's what a lot of games are now. It's like, how much time are you willing to waste? Yeah, exactly. And To get to the know. end of this. It's not about skill anymore. It's not about um, strategy or using your brain or anything anymore. It's about how much fucking time do you have. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Jim, what do you think? I'm very jaded about RPGs. I never thought it would happen because... Even though I really don't have much time anymore, I do still love an 80-hour epic. I'm in the minority there, uh, which is funny because I probably have the least amount of time these days with the, um, you know, the fact that I wake up, start writing, and then pass out. And that's literally my days at the moment. But yet I still want to be in that position where you're always just trying to make a few extra hours spare to be absorbed in something, which has not happened to me in a very long time. Uh, I'm incredibly jaded with RPGs at the moment, um, and I think I lay a huge amount of the blame for that on Infinite Undiscovery, which not only is a terrible video game in its own right, but actually was able to serve as the shining beacon of everything that is wrong with with JRPGs. It just seemed to encapsulate everything put it under a microscope and say this is what you have been playing over and over again for the past 10 years of your life and it's this bad it's just by removing all of the good parts of a JRPG which is what Infinite Undiscovery did and only leaving the bad parts, it has made the bad parts so glaringly obvious, not just in its own game, but every JRPG that it has fucking ruined me And it's for that reason that I think whatever studio Triace is currently shacked up in should be burned to the ground 
stoked by the fires fueled by the very plot they were smoking when they made that game. I'm re- wow, I, w- I wasn't this angry at Infinite Undiscovery before I started that long sentence. Well, that's like one but of I'm the most really angry. things I've, I've ever heard about a game, because that's like almost a compliment, that it's so... So, so so focused in its in its efforts to be shitty that it ruins every other game you've ever played. I've never heard anyone refer to a game having that much of an impact on you on anyone. Well, that really is the truth. I mean, I it's funny because I tried to convey that in my review, but it's only now that I was able to put it so eloquently. But that is what Infinite Undiscovery did. It's like it's every stereotype of JRPG, every single one, and it's so. Big. I mean, you'd almost think it was a parody of RPGs, but it's not. It's got everything. It's got, the, you know, the immature kid who has the coming-of-age story. It's got the female lead who acts like she hates the main character but secretly loves him, but it's not that much of a secret because she's so fucking blatant about it. It's got the camp villain. It's got the jealous, angry guy who... You know, he's always mean to the main character, but turns out he's soft at heart. It's got the, you know, the drinking, fighting old rugged man who's uh, just a big kid, really. It's got the same character progression, the same stupid clothing and artistic style that they've all got these days. And it's just said to, you know, it's just tells you just how stale the genre has gotten. But you've never noticed before, because there are some good things. But now that I think back from playing Infinite Undiscovery, it's just, holy shit, most RPGs on the market are terrible. And probably not even just RPGs, but a lot of Japanese development in total, like we spoke of last, last week. It's just very bad. And it wasn't the question, but there's that. Uh, you know... And every time an RPG comes out now, I look at it and I think, will this be a good one? Will this be a good one? And it's mostly not. Do you see yourself more or less likely to play RPGs now that you, you, you know what their flaws are? Is, it, is the hope going to make you go out and try and get more stuff to be proven wrong? Or is well, I think that's now? it. I mean, I mean I've, I've always been a big defender of what RPGs do. I mean, one of the things I've always said is that RPGs have remained unchanged for about ten, you know, well, twenty years, probably, probably longer. Um, but if they're done well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they are usually my biggest example of why innovation is not crucial to the quality of a game. But the only RPG that I have found that compelling um, is Lost Odyssey of this generation. And that kind of makes me angry as well. It's just Lost Odyssey had a lot of, like, was very conventional, but it did everything in a really really well-done way. And I think for the moment, I'm just going to be looking at every game to try and be the next Lost Odyssey. Just like before that, I was looking at an RPG to be the next Final Fantasy VII for me. Uh, they're few and far between, the RPGs that really justify the genre and make us think that our JRPGs are great creations. Um, the actual amount of quality RPGs out there is very few when you think about it. 
which is a shame, because when they're done right, they're fantastic, but so many of them are just the literally the same game. Not just the same mechanics, but literally the same game. The same screen, the same plot progression. So Aaron pointed it out perfectly, always in the little town, or always some sleeping spirit, or summoned meteors. Always the exact same game. And now I'm rambling, but... And I think that's depressing. But the last remnant... I think, I think the reason it's so... Real... Oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 carry on. I was just going to well, say we're all going to die one day. Well, yeah, that's true. No, no, what I was going to say was just that, like, okay, you know, I think the reason it's so, you know how, like, when people are like, oh, I'm really disappointed in you, and it really hurts because there's someone that you care about, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, that's that's kind of how it feels, it's like, except oppositely, I guess, I like, it's, uh, it sucks the most, and I'm the hardest on RPGs, because RPGs are what got me into gaming, like, uh, um, I mean, I like video games plenty, but, like, what really got me into thinking about games and, uh, you know, got me into... Fuck, RPGs got me into reading, for God's sake. I didn't read books until I played Final Fantasy II when I was, like, eight. And then I started reading books. And, um, like, I, I know how good they can be. And I know they weren't spectacular back then. It's rose-tinted glasses and that kind of thing. But there have been some great RPGs in the last five years. Just not many of them. You know, and uh, I know what the genre is capable of. I know what a good developer can do with a genre. It, but we're seeing lazy, bullshit development from everywhere. Not just, you know, especially from Japanese developers, but not just them, you know, from everybody. That, you know, it's just like, oh, well, you can just pump out a shit RPG and, you know, that's okay. You look at Mass Effect, which had a lot of problems, you know, and, like, it wasn't perfect. It was good. It was different, but it wasn't perfect. And it, and it did kind of fall back on a lot of the poppycock conventions. They're just Western RPG conventions, you know, and I, I... I think that for a game, for a genre that gives you the excuse of being able to just go hog wild with uh, um, uh, uh, exposition and storytelling, it's like it's a wasted opportunity. Because if your if your audience wants to be told a story, like if you're lucky enough to have an audience that says, "Go ahead, you know, sit me down and tell me in extremely close detail exactly what you want me to know about all these characters," I'll even read text. You don't even have to do it in a clever way where I don't have to read or anything. I will read text, I will listen to bullshit voiceover, and you can tell me whatever story you want me to tell. Me. And that's the story you fucking tell. It's the story of the idyllic bullshit, you know, oh, I'm just a kid in some village, and oh god, look, I'm going to have to save the world with my you know, ragtag group of friends. You know, like, that's what you do. Like, that's the most bullshit, wasted opportunity I've ever heard in my life. It's like, you can do better than that. Anyone can be. I, I can do better than that. I can do better than that drunk. Like, I can... Fuck. God damn it. That's kind of what I'm getting at. And that's why you came up with Boner Quest. That's, that's exactly why I came up with Quest. <laughs> Incidentally, um, I mean, that was, I think that was such a great discussion topic that we're probably not going to do any more proper questions, but um, there was two things I wanted to point out. Uh, firstly, a listener named Jesus H. Christ asked, uh, will Lindy Studios, uh, Lindy Studios capitalized, by the way, it's official now, publish my game, Twat Laser Mountain. And Elf Angel Ooh. 7 came up with a seagullism uh, just for you, Aaron, that I was hoping you would you would you would read aloud. I almost don't want to because like this is gonna, you know. Now it's not just me. Now there's like a whole coalition of people trying to, you know, solidify my legacy as this kind of shit. But here we go. You should be happy. <clears throat> I am. I'm very happy. Thank you. Who put this up? Who did this? This was Elf Angel Seven. Okay, Elf Angel Seven. This is yeah. This is great. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> Only cunning linguists will be able to finish Lindy Studios' boner quest. 
that wraps up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucking fantastic. God damn it, and that's 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 my legacy. Shit, and it's great. I love it. I'm I'm so happy that exists. That someone actually wrote that. But at the same time, it's like fucking Christ. I I could have been a doctor. <laughs> I could have been a doctor or something. I don't know. I was the other day. The other day I was thinking about you know because because Retroforce Co has that thing where you know if anybody makes a Beats of Rage mod that has all the members to cast in it, then you know I'll send them a bunch of games time forgotten. I was thinking about maybe proposing the same thing to Podshot listeners with Boner Quest, but then I realized I don't actually want to see Boner Quest like fulfilled <laughs> because I think that nothing would ever match up to a what is in my head, and b if if it ever did match up to what's in my head, then life wouldn't be worth living after that. Like nowhere to go but down. After Lindy Studios, bone request is a reality. You could always yeah, just I, I, hang yourself next to Kojima. Yeah, That's... yeah. <laughs> Kojima was here, so was Anthony. Um, but yeah, that's it, that's it for 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 uh, Pontoid Seventy. Thank you, Aaron, Lindy, Topher Cantler, and Jim Sterling for for being on, and thank you, Adam Dark, for recording as always, and thank you guys for listening. <laughs>